he's upset all that. So he's now uh, in the final week of his life. Really important from the perspective of Mark that uh, he, he slows down the pace. He watches Mark very closely the last week of Jesus. And as we do it today, we're going to have a lot of little vignettes, a lot of encounters, a lot of teaching moments. But keep track of what Jesus is teaching about this last week. Uh, There's a common theme to it. Important to keep in mind, it was sort of eye-opening for me uh, when I learned when a rabbi comes to your synagogue and teaches you something, if you are polite and respectful, you will challenge him. You're not supposed to just take for granted what he says. The reason for this is because Scripture is so important it cannot be left in the hands of one person. So it's just a different in culture from ours, right? Um, If somebody comes to speak, it's a revered person, and you stand up there and you're a jerk and you get in their face, everybody's like, what's wrong with you? Um, You're supposed to be respectful, you're supposed to listen. But within Jesus' world, that was not the case. Uh, You were supposed to argue. Again, Scripture is bigger than one man. So uh, some of that is going on with Jesus. And a lot of times we take it, oh my gosh, they're just, uh, they're trying to catch Jesus, they're trying to be mean. Part of that is true. Uh, Part of that uh, is them trying to trap him. But it wouldn't have been seen by the public as necessarily a bad thing um, to ask questions to try to know more. I think the breakdown is they don't want to know more with Jesus' teaching. They just want to get him in trouble with other people. So we'll begin with verse 13 on taxes. Taxes were always unpopular. Say a couple of things about taxes in Rome, and you guys know this. Why do the Romans tax people? Take it back to Rome. Yeah, yeah, they tax money. (laughs) Hmm. Exactly. Rome is is like a shark. Uh, She has to keep moving, keep conquering. Her whole imperial system is designed to absorb new people, their wealth, uh, their slaves. It's it's like a Ponzi scheme, right? You're paying off everybody else by constantly bringing in new customers. Rome has to do that. Roman tax law was so bad that they wouldn't allow tax collectors inside the Roman Empire itself because they were so abusive to people. Um, Remember, we've talked about the system where a tax collector has to bring a certain amount in, but everything above that is his salary, so he can charge whatever he wants. But we have all sorts of historical records of tax collectors torturing people, kidnapping people. Just, it's terrible. So the way it worked in Rome is if you were in the empire itself, you couldn't do this. But if you were in one of the provinces outside of the empire, then it was a blank check. And this was a problem because Judah and others are outside of the empire. So their tax collectors can do whatever they want. Roman senators would do just about anything to get one of these 
tax collecting concessions outside of the empire because they would make so much money. This is why Julius Caesar, Pompey, and others are so interested in Judah, Egypt, places like that because they can tax like crazy. So Rome was not doing it to make society better, was not doing it to build aqueducts and schools and gymnasiums. They were absolutely draining the life. It's like protection money, racket money. Also, there was a big question. When you pay taxes to someone, what are you acknowledging about that person? Yeah. They're in charge. They're they're the boss. And that was hard for a lot of Jews to do. Um, we also have to think a little bit about monetary systems. Uh, we think money has always existed, right? Money did not exist in Israel until the coming of the Greeks and the Romans. So the Greeks introduced coinage, uh, but the Romans really shove it down in society. How did you used to pay your tithe to the temple? Yeah, either a certain portion of what you grew, um, bushels you would bring, or like you say, animals. And so it, it was definitely a barter system, and it worked just fine. Uh, but the Romans didn't want any of that. Uh, you couldn't pay the Romans in lambs, right? It's hard to transport that stuff back. If the Romans wanted your sheep, they would just come and take them. Uh, they didn't uh, want you to pay taxes in that. So it's a, it's a big system to uh, have coinage introduced to Israel and, uh, for the most part, it, it does get pretty deep into culture. But uh, there was a big debate amongst Jews to uh, pay taxes or not pay taxes. One of the first messiahs uh, that we know about, mentioned both in Acts and the historian Josephus, was a guy named Judas the Galilean. And he launched a revolt against Rome from Galilee uh, based on the census. Now, why would he launch a revolt at the census? By the way, that was the same census the year Jesus was born. So, um, But why would he fight with the census? Because that weird woman comes to your door. Can I have a few moments? No, go away. Um, they get back to their home areas. Yeah, but why do the Romans do that? That's right. Everybody paying taxes. And so Judas the Galilean knew, all right, this is the gig's up. They're counting us. They're counting our, our, our family, everything, our property, so they can tax us. So he tries. So it, it, it was a big question. Should we pay uh, taxes to Rome at all? Are we acknowledging them as our God instead of God? So, all that introduction, 13. The leaders sent some Pharisees and supporters of Herod to try to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. Now, just a a quick um, connection there. Pharisees, so these are the... um, called the separated ones, the pure ones, uh, the parashim. They're a political party of rabbis 
they want to take the Bible and apply it to today. Uh, they are very popular with the average person. And the group that they hate probably the most are supporters of Herod. Uh, so we have really two questions that are dividing Jewish society. One's political and one's religious. On the one hand, what to do about Rome? Uh, Rome's here. Rome's sucking us dry. Uh, what do you do? On the sort of big spectrum, you have these Herodians who, for the most part, are people who have been made very rich by Herod seizing property, uh, land, that had been given to individuals, middle-class people, since the time of Moses. But Herod seized it, like dictators do, uh, and gave it out to his friends. And this made, like we've read, the rich young ruler. Uh, the whole economic system has kind of been turned upside down. So you have these Herodians who are collaborators uh, with Rome, uh, with Herod, and they're, they're making a lot of money off their own people. We'll talk about them in a minute, but sort of next to them, not quite as bad, are the Sadducees. Uh, they try to be the responsible ones. They say Rome is here. We can't do anything about it. We shouldn't antagonize them. Uh, these Sadducees are the closest thing Israel has to an aristocracy. These are Levites and Cohen. These are priestly families. Again, uh, from the time of Moses, these are Moses and Aaron, his brothers' families. And they control the high priest, sort of, in Jerusalem. They uh, work with the Romans. So uh, they're also the most traditional religious group that's there. And they have like tax collectors that are like Matthew. In the middle, you have the soft collaborators, like we've talked about, the disciples, uh, James, Peter. They live in segregated Jewish towns, but they make money off the Romans. <clears throat> and then, of course, we have the zealots. Who, who are the zealots? Hardcore. Yeah, these are the resistance fighters. Simon the Zealot, who is a disciple of Jesus, these are the ones that are fighting back. They eventually will take control of Judea, Jerusalem. And about 30 years after, 33 years after the events here, they'll start the revolution against Rome and rule the country for a certain number of years, about seven years. So they're, they're, they're tough. Um, even beyond that, you have the dagger men, Sakari, which is Judas, uh, Judas Iscariot, Judas Ishskari, a man of the Skari. And these are the hardcore terrorists. They will kill collaborators. Uh, they will kill any Roman they can get their hands on. So society is really, really divided. So it's very unusual um, that you have the Pharisees dealing with the Herodians. They don't like each other a lot, but they don't like Jesus together. So verse 14, what, what do they call Jesus? Yeah, so uh, maybe some sarcasm, I don't know, but certainly even his diehard enemies notice this about Jesus. Rabbi, these men said, we know how honest you are. You are impartial and don't play favorites. 
You sincerely teach the ways of God. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to the Roman government or not? Should we pay them or should we not? So obviously, right, what what is he going to do? If he says, don't pay Rome, the Romans are going to come down on him. If he says, pay Rome, the people are going to be like, uh, sellouts. You're just, you're, you're like the Herodians and the Sadducees. So they thought they were cute by asking questions, right? Jesus thought through the hypocrisy and said, Whom are you trying to fool with your trick question? So, question, question. Show me a Roman coin, and I'll tell you. So remember, uh, Jesus, of any political group, it sounds strange. Jesus is kind of like a Pharisee. He's part of the rabbinic movement. He's not part of the old, like, Sadducee temple worship. But even within the rabbis, there are two sides. Um, there is the more liberal Pharisee, um, which is called Hillel. And then there's the more conservative rabbis that are called Shammai. And Jesus is in that category. But Jesus always teaches through Haggadah, through life, through story, through parable, through things that are really happening. Like we looked at the uh, fig tree. Uh, so uh, Jesus is going to do the same thing here. You you want to know about taxes? Show me, sh- show me the money. Uh, it's been a few years, but um, so. Um, just stop for a second and think about where does the money come from? Yeah, I do. We have some pictures of them. Steve put in a Tiberius one, but I think I can't read. That's the one we want. Yeah. Can, can you read that, Ken? I can read Caesar, Augustus, Divine, Divinus. Yeah. All right. So we're not always so good with the Old Testament, but um, what's wrong with this? Different God. Different God. Yeah. Yeah. This is Caesar's nephew, I think. Is that right? What's Augustus? Yeah, adopted something like that. He's yeah. I, the Romans are very weird about that. Anyway, so whatever. He's uh, Caesar's successor, and he's claiming to be a god. What else is really wrong with this? We're we're still very Gentile. We're still very pagan in the way we look at a lot of things. But what's what's wrong with this? Form of currency it has a false god on it? Yeah. It has a graven image of a god. You're not supposed to have images um, of God. You're, you're not supposed to have idols. Um, we, in our pagan ways, we, <clears throat> we build statues of Jesus. But that was a no-no in the Old Testament, under the law. You're not to have graven images. These things should not be in Judah at all. Um, so what did Jesus just do? I mean, you sort of get the brilliance here. 
This group has come and said, hey, should we pay taxes? And Jesus says, I don't know. Um, can someone show me a coin? Right. Right. You know, it's, it's like, you know, your friend saying, hey, stop looking at pornography. Oh, you're right. Do, do you have anything? Let, let, let me see it. And you're like, oh yeah, here, here's, here's my porn. Uh, it's, it's, Jesus is like, you're idiots. You're absolutely idiots. Um, here you are worried about trapping me. Uh, you're supposed to be having this conversation with me to know more, uh, to be what God wants. And here you are acknowledging publicly your sin. Uh, that you have this thing that God said don't do. Don't make images of people. Don't make images of animals um, because you end up worshiping them. So very clearly, Jesus looking at this, um, asks another question, whose picture and title are stamped on it? And so this title, of course, being a reference to another god. So the focus of the Pharisees, and this would have eaten them up, is not on the God of Scripture, but their focus over the money is on this God of Rome. So they have to admit, and again, rabbis are masters at this. And this really, if they didn't even call Jesus a rabbi, they acknowledge him here. Because a rabbi's goal is to ask you a series of questions whereby you have to give the right answer. The rabbi doesn't just say the answer. He leads you through the questions, and here they have to admit um, Caesar. So in real rabbinic sparring here, they've just acknowledged that what they really worship, what they really follow, it's not God. It's Caesar. What you're worried about, what you're focused on, is Caesar. So then, after they've sort of admitted defeat, Jesus can say, well then, give to Caesar what belongs to him, but everything that belongs to God must be given to God. This reply completely amazed them. And that's no small thing. Uh, From Herodians, who were like, uh, what just happened? Yeah, yeah, give give to Caesar. To the Pharisees are like, oh, we just got schooled again, again. How does he how does he constantly beat us? But how do you take that instance and then bring it into a modern understanding? Should we pay taxes? Yeah, we probably should. Who's on our money? (laughs) It ain't Jesus, boys and girls. (laughs) But it acknowledges. It does. Yeah. Maybe more so than we do. It also took a pyramid of all saying eyes on the back of the dollar. Yeah, I've never completely understood all of that. Um, And I've studied, you know, Egypt a little bit. I'm not sure it has anything to do with Egypt. But, uh, yeah. There are things that I think we have to do to get by in this world. um, To create society, to create... He's he's upset all that. So he's now uh, in the final week of his life. 
really important from the perspective of Mark that uh, he, he slows down the pace. He watches Mark very closely the last week of Jesus. And as we do it today, we're going to have a lot of little vignettes, a lot of encounters, a lot of teaching moments. But keep track of what Jesus is teaching about this last week. Uh, There's a common theme to it. Important to keep in mind, it was sort of eye-opening for me uh, when I learned when a rabbi comes to your synagogue and teaches you something, if you are polite and respectful, you will challenge him. You're not supposed to just take for granted what he says. The reason for this is because Scripture is so important it cannot be left in the hands of one person. So it's just a different in culture from ours, right? Um, If somebody comes to speak, it's a revered person, and you stand up there and you're a jerk and you get in their face, everybody's like, what's wrong with you? Um, You're supposed to be respectful, you're supposed to listen. But within Jesus' world, that was not the case. Uh, You were supposed to argue. Again, Scripture is bigger than one man. So some of that is going on with Jesus. And a lot of times we take it, oh my gosh, they're just, uh, they're trying to catch Jesus, they're trying to be mean. Part of that is true. Uh, Part of that uh, is them trying to trap him. But it wouldn't have been seen by the public as necessarily a bad thing um, to ask questions to try to know more. I think the breakdown is they don't want to know more with Jesus' teaching. They just want to get him in trouble with other people. So we'll begin with verse 13 on taxes. Taxes were always unpopular. Say a couple of things about taxes in Rome, and you guys know this. Why do the Romans tax people? Take it back to Rome. Yeah. Yeah, they tax money. Conquer more land. Hmm? Conquer more land. Exactly. Rome is is like a shark. Uh, She has to keep moving, keep conquering. Her whole imperial system is designed to absorb new people, their wealth, uh, their slaves. It's it's like a Ponzi scheme, right? You're paying off everybody else by constantly bringing in new customers. Rome has to do that. Roman tax law was so bad that they wouldn't allow tax collectors inside the Roman Empire itself because they were so abusive to people. Um, Remember, we've talked about the system where a tax collector has to bring a certain amount in, but everything above that is his salary, so he can charge whatever he wants. But we have all sorts of historical records of tax collectors torturing people, kidnapping people. Just, it's terrible. So the way it worked in Rome is if you were in the empire itself, you couldn't do this. But if you're in one of the provinces outside of the empire, then it was a blank check. And this was a problem because Judah and others are outside of the empire. So their tax collectors can do whatever they want. Roman senators would do just about anything to get one of these uh, tax collecting concessions outside of the empire because they would make so much money. 
This is why Julius Caesar, Pompey, and others are so interested in Judah, Egypt, places like that, because they can tax like crazy. So Rome was not doing it to make society better, was not doing it to build aqueducts and schools and gymnasiums. They were absolutely draining the life. It's like protection money, racket money. Also, there was a big question. When you pay taxes to someone, what are you acknowledging about that person? Yeah. They're in charge. They're they're the boss. And that was hard for a lot of Jews to do. Um, We also have to think a little bit about monetary systems. Uh, We think money has always existed, right? Money did not exist in Israel until the coming of the Greeks and the Romans. So the Greeks introduced coinage, uh, but the Romans really shove it down in society. How did you used to pay your tithe to the temple? Yeah, either a certain portion of what you grew, um, bushels you would bring, or, like you say, animals. And so it it was definitely a barter system, and it worked just fine. Uh, But the Romans didn't want any of that. Uh, You couldn't pay the Romans in lambs, right? It's hard to transport that stuff back. If the Romans wanted your sheep, they would just come and take them. Uh, They didn't uh, want you to pay taxes in that. So it's a a big system to uh, have coinage introduced to Israel. And uh, for the most part, it, it does get pretty deep into culture. But uh, there was a big debate amongst Jews to uh, pay taxes or not pay taxes. One of the first messiahs uh, that we know about, mentioned both in Acts and the historian Josephus, was a guy named Judas the Galilean. And he launched a revolt against Rome from Galilee uh, based on the census. Now, why would he launch a revolt at the census? By the way, that was the same census the year Jesus was born. So, But why would he fight with the census? Because that weird woman comes to your door. Can I have a few moments? No, go away. Um, they get back to their home areas. Yeah, but why do the Romans do that? That's right. Everybody paying taxes. And so Judas the Galilean knew, all right, this is the gig's up. They're counting us. They're counting our, our, our family, everything, our property, so they can tax us. So he tries. So it, it, it was a big question. Should we pay uh, taxes to Rome at all? Are we acknowledging them as our God instead of God? So, all that introduction, 13. The leader sent some Pharisees and supporters of Herod to try to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. Now, just a a quick um, connection there. Pharisees, so these are the... um, the, called the separated ones, the pure ones, uh, the parashim. They're a political party of rabbis. Uh, they want to take the Bible and apply it to today. Uh, they are very popular with the average person. Uh, 
And the group that they hate probably the most are supporters of Herod. Uh, So we have really two questions that are dividing Jewish society. One's political and one's religious. On the one hand, what to do about Rome? Uh, Rome's here. Rome's sucking us dry. Uh, What do you do? On the sort of big spectrum, you have these Herodians who, for the most part, are people who have been made very rich by Herod seizing property, uh, land, that had been given to individuals, middle-class people, since the time of Moses. But Herod seized it, like dictators do, uh, and gave it out to his friends. And this made, like we've read, the rich young ruler. Uh, The whole economic system has kind of been turned upside down. So you have these Herodians who are collaborators uh, with Rome, uh, with Herod, and they're, they're making a lot of money off their own people. We'll talk about them in a minute, but sort of next to them, not quite as bad, are the Sadducees. Uh, they try to be the responsible ones. They say Rome is here. We can't do anything about it. We shouldn't antagonize them. Uh, these Sadducees are the closest thing Israel has to an aristocracy. These are Levites and Cohen. These are priestly families. Again, uh, from the time of Moses, these are Moses and Aaron, his brothers' families. And they control the high priest, sort of, in Jerusalem. They uh, work with the Romans. So uh, they're also the most traditional religious group that's there. And they have like tax collectors that are like Matthew. In the middle, you have the soft collaborators, like we've talked about, the disciples, uh, James, Peter. They live in segregated Jewish towns, but they make money off the Romans. And then, of course, we have the zealots. Who who are the zealots? Hardcore. Yeah, these are the resistance fighters. Simon the Zealot, who is a disciple of Jesus, these are the ones that are fighting back. They eventually will take control of Judea, Jerusalem. And about 30 years after, 33 years after the events here, they'll start the revolution against Rome and rule the country for a certain number of years, about seven years. So they're, they're, they're tough. Um, even beyond that, you have the dagger men, Sakari, which is Judas, uh, Judas Iscariot, Judas Ishskari, a man of the Scari. And these are the hardcore terrorists. They will kill collaborators. Uh, they will kill any Roman they can get their hands on. So society is really, really divided. So it's very unusual um, that you have the Pharisees dealing with the Herodians. They don't like each other a lot, but they don't like Jesus together. So verse 14, what what do they call Jesus? Yeah, so uh, maybe some sarcasm, I don't know, but certainly even his diehard enemies notice this about Jesus. Rabbi, these men said, we know how honest you are. You are impartial and don't play favorites. 
You sincerely teach the ways of God. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to the Roman government or not? Should we pay them or should we not? So obviously, right, what what is he going to do? If he says, don't pay Rome, the Romans are going to come down on him. If he says, pay Rome, the people are going to be like, uh, sellouts. You're you're, You're like the Herodians and the Sadducees. So they thought they were cute by asking questions, right? Jesus thought through the hypocrisy and said, Whom are you trying to fool with your trick question? So, question, question. Show me a Roman coin, and I'll tell you. So remember, uh, Jesus, of any political group, it sounds strange. Jesus is kind of like a Pharisee. He's part of the rabbinic movement. He's not part of the old like Sadducee temple worship. But even within the rabbis, there are two sides. Um, there is the more liberal Pharisee, um, which is called Hillel. And then there's the more conservative rabbis that are called Shammai. And Jesus is in that category. But Jesus always teaches through Haggadah, through life, through story, through parable, through things that are really happening. Like we looked at the uh, fig tree. Uh, so uh, Jesus is going to do the same thing here. You you want to know about taxes? Show me, sh- show me the money. Uh, it's been a few years, but um, so. Um, just stop for a second and think about where does the money come from? Yeah, I do. we have some pictures of them. Steve put in a Tiberius one, but I think... I can't read. That's the one we want. Yeah. Can, can you read that, Ken? I can read Caesar. Augustus. Divine? Divinus? Yeah. All right. So, we're not always so good with the Old Testament, but um, what's wrong with this? Different God. Different God? Yeah. Yeah. This is Caesar's nephew, I think. Is that right? What's Augustus? Yeah, adopted something like that. He's yeah. I, the Romans are very weird about there. Anyway, so whatever. He's uh, Caesar's successor, and he's claiming to be a god. What else is really wrong with this? We're we're still very Gentile. We're still very pagan in the way we look at a lot of things. But what's what's wrong with this? Currency has a false god on it? Yeah. It has a graven image of a god. You're not supposed to have images um, of God. You're, you're not supposed to have idols. Um, we, in our pagan ways, we, <clears throat> we build statues of Jesus. But that was a no-no in the Old Testament, under the law. You're not to have graven images. These things should not be in Judah at all. Um, So, what did Jesus just do? I mean, you sort of get the brilliance here. 
this group has come and said, hey, should we pay taxes? And Jesus says, I don't know. Um, can someone show me a coin? Right. Right. You know, it's, it's like, you know, your friend saying, hey, stop looking at pornography. Oh, you're right. Do, do you have anything? Let, let, let me see it. And they're like, oh yeah, here, here's, here's my porn. Uh, it's, it's, Jesus is like, you're idiots. You're absolutely idiots. Um, here you are worried about trapping me. Uh, you're supposed to be having this conversation with me to know more, uh, to be what God wants. And here you are acknowledging publicly your sin. Uh, that you have this thing that God said don't do. Don't make images of people. Don't make images of animals um, because you end up worshiping them. So very clearly, Jesus looking at this, um, ask another question, whose picture and title are stamped on it? And so this title, of course, being a reference to another god. So the focus of the Pharisees, and this would have eaten them up, is not on the God of Scripture, but their focus over the money is on this God of Rome. So they have to admit, and again, rabbis are masters at this. And this really, if they didn't even call Jesus a rabbi, they'd acknowledge him here. Because a rabbi's goal is to ask you a series of questions whereby you have to give the right answer. The rabbi doesn't just say the answer. He leads you through the questions, and here they have to admit um, Caesar. So in real rabbinic sparring here, they've just acknowledged that what they really worship, what they really follow, it's not God. It's Caesar. What you're worried about, what you're focused on, is Caesar. So then, after they've sort of admitted defeat, Jesus can say, well then, give to Caesar what belongs to him, but everything that belongs to God must be given to God. This reply completely amazed them. And that's no small thing. Uh, From Herodians who were like, "Uh, what just happened? Yeah, yeah, give give to Caesar. To the Pharisees who are like, oh, we just got schooled again, again. How How does he constantly beat us? But how do you... Take that instance and then bring it into a modern understanding. Should we pay taxes? Yeah, we probably should. Who's on our money? (laughs) It ain't Jesus, boys and girls. (laughs) It acknowledges. It does, yeah. Maybe more so than we do. It also shows the pyramid of all saying I have a bag of dollars. Yeah, I've never completely understood all of that. Um, and I've studied, you know, Egypt a little bit. I'm not sure it has anything to do with Egypt. But, uh, yeah. There are things that I think we have to do to get by in this world. Um, to create society, to create community, but we should never lose focus that 
really who we build life with is God. And we shouldn't confuse the two. Security for the people for who Jesus wants them to be will not come from the money that the Romans have introduced that are now, like Jesus is saying, is becoming the root of all evil. This obsession to not pay the taxes, to pay the taxes, all of that. Uh, Rome is changing, as evil as Rome is, Rome is changing the Jewish people. 